Aldous Huxley was an English writer and philosopher. He wrote nearly 50 books. And here's his quote about history. That men do not learn very much from the lessons of history is the most important of all the lessons of history. Welcome to the History Slices Podcast. A mother-son duo discussing awesome bits of history. We prove on every show that history is not boring. Entertaining, yet stimulating. This is History Slices. And now, here's your hosts, Jacob and Rachel. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Mom. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to this uh, this episode. It's yeah. kind of nice being back in my old position. <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed all the Ebor City research and all that, but it is nice uh, being on the receiving end. Yeah, no, I know the feeling. Um <laughs> So the last couple of uh, topics we've covered have been kind of in-depth, you know. They it, have immigration, Ybor City. They took a couple of episodes each, yeah. at least two or three. So I, which is great. That's awesome. But I want to kind of turn more to form, so to speak, with this one. So the topic I chose is a uh, person. Steed Bonnet. Yes, I remember, you remember from last time. Do because you know I who ha- that is? I, do, I really don't. You said that he's a pirate, which kind of the bonnet part of that sounded kind of familiar, resonated somewhere in my head. But I, I don't know. No, I don't know who he is. Yeah, well, let me ask a, a related question, and you might know this. Do you know who Blackbeard is? I've heard of Blackbeard. I feel like I saw a book where he had, like, firecrackers tied in his beard. Yeah, he did do that. <laughs> yeah? Okay, yeah, so yeah. I, I recognize him well, yeah. <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, I don't know if he had both legs or what. No, he did. He did. Okay. Uh, he's not Lons on Silver, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but these two pirates... Their careers are very linked together. Interesting. So that's why I went with kind of the, what do you know, the more f- famous one. Yeah, so Blackbeard, of course, is a familiar name. Yes. And Steed Bonnet, was he sort of a sidekick or are they just... Well, in- we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. Steed Bonnet, just jumping right in, because why not? He was born in 1688 in Bridgetown, Barbados. Bridgetown was the capital of Barbados. I'm not sure if it still is or not. Unlike most pirates. So here's the thing about piracy, at least during this time period, is that most pirates are pirates because they have to be, you know, they don't know how to make money legitimately or they're kind of, you know, somehow they don't fit into society. Yeah, Yeah. They're born into like a, a bad situation that can't get out or whatever. Okay. Steve Bonnet was not that his family was wealthy. He was well-educated. This Um, is the guy that Charlie Wall reminded you of. Charlie Wall uh, from the Ebor City. Yes, yes. Uh, the organized crime. Yeah, thank you for reminding the me. The dean of Tampa, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, he wasn't forced into the the pirate life. Let's oh, say he chose it. Yeah, but no, he comes from wealth. You know, his parents owned a large plantation, which he inherited um, when his parents passed, um, which they did when he was. Well, not young, but, you know, still around. Youthful. You know, kind of somewhat youthful, yeah. Uh-huh. By 1709, he married a woman named uh, Mary Allen- Allenby, uh, which, because the new father-in-law was also wealthy, that gave him some more wealth. Oh, you my know, gosh. Why would you ever choose a dangerous mm-hmm. career when you've got all well, that That's the question, yeah. yeah. Together, they end up having four kids. He was an adventure seeker, maybe. Maybe. So... In his life, he, before pre-pirate, because it's all pre-pirate stuff, uh, he joined the British Army and eventually got the rank of major and like the local kind of militia, you know. All in all, things are going pretty good for him. Now, 1717, despite everything we just said, 
he left his family and decided to become a pirate. Oh, my gosh. We don't know why. Uh, there's been several theories put forth over, like, the years or centuries now, I guess, because this was early 1700s, uh, as to, like, why he did this. He was too young for a midlife crisis. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, some theories is that he might have been looking for more excitement uh, in his life. You know, he was bored, basically. Yeah, felt trapped or something. Yeah. Some thought that he might have been suffering from a mental illness, which mm. I don't know if I buy mm -hmm. just because of everything else in this story. It's possible and I just don't know, but I don't know if I buy that. Personally, and there's also a kind of a funny idea that maybe he was just fed up with his wife and was trying to get away from her. <laughs> something snapped. Yeah. She burned dinner one time too many. Or she just was too naggy. <laughs> Whatever it was. Another kind of thing that has some actual evidence behind it as to why he might have done this is there is a record of him borrowing a thousand and seven hundred pounds that year, which might suggest that his finances weren't as great as people had thought. That's that's the one that seems more plausible to me. Like maybe he was maybe he accidentally gambled away his money or something and something he like needed that. money to maintain the who knows. Yeah, so he did whatever the cause, he decided one day, seemingly out of the blue, enough with this, I'm going to become a pirate. <laughs> so <laughs> he went down to the local docks looking for a pirate ship. Exactly. He actually bought a ship, which is oh. very <laughs> unusual as well cuz normally pirates they just steal a boat or whatever or sip, you know, they they wouldn't go through like the the, the legalities of actually purchasing one. Yeah. Yeah. He did, or he, they might just find one that's already in existence and somebody else is already captain or whatever. Sure, sure. He named this the Ravens and which is an interesting name. It is. Uh, I don't know. Because it, it sure sounds like some hidden motive to going to piracy, like revenge. Is it revenge against his maybe, wife? Maybe, but <laughs> it's also just could be like a slightly spooky name you know yeah, like a trying, lot of pirates he was a poser trying yeah. to <laughs> seem scary yeah i said also minson maybe that bonnet was not a seafaring person prior um, to this mm -hmm. so it wasn't like he wasn't like a sailor who decided to become a pirate he was like a guy from like <laughs> who, uh, wealth you know who decided to become a pirate so it's a little so funny odd. i know isn't it yeah that's one reason i chose him because i'm like this is weird okay uh he hired a crew because, you know, it, Barbados is in the Caribbean, so there's, like, lots of sailors and lots of, like, crew members or reeling crew members, yeah, you know, yeah. for a paycheck. His crew's around 7 to 80 people. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. See, the thing about SIPs at this time is I don't know if that's too big or too small. Because sometimes SIPs, I know by, like, the early 1800s, there'd be, like, a hundred, a little more than a hundred people on a SIP. I don't know if and it probably depends on the size of the yeah, ship. Yeah, I don't know how also. big the revenge was. But my but. gosh, I didn't imagine the crew would be that big. I was thinking like less than ten people. Oh yeah, I guess it's like just in case like spares and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Um, regardless, he hired a bunch of people. He also had a lot of money to toss around, so there was that at least allegedly. Of course, we don't know all the details. So something that he did a little differently than our pirate captains is normally. When they pirates would sack a sip, they would divide the loot up amongst the crew, and the captain would get kind of like the lion's share. That's mm -hmm. just kind of how it was done. Mm -hmm. Bonnet, on the other hand, gave them a monthly salary, 
he kept all the treasure and all the the stuff they stole, but he would pay them out of their own his own pocket. Wow, which is that's a totally different way of doing business than yeah. so <laughs> going into piracy for a regular paycheck. That sounds crazy. I know, right? Yeah, like it's a legitimate business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's possible he didn't know what the etiquette, if that's the right word, was. You know, like how it's usually done. Standard operating procedure. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the reason, it probably kept his crew loyal enough. Because he clearly had no knowledge in sailing or piracy. And so it was basically up to like his crew and his like, um, uh, like first mate or whatever to run things. So they had to really trust each other, really. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, it was nice getting that paycheck. My gosh. mm -hmm. So he set off at this point, you know, to straight up left his family. Which isn't great, but, you know, I don't necessarily think he's the best person in the world. <laughs> uh, and he did well initially, all things considered. Uh, he raided four ships, the Anne, the Turbot, the Yun, and the Endeavor, off the coast of Virginia, which, of course, is still a colony then. Okay, that was going to be my question, too, was where... So they were all sort of in the same location? Yeah, like- this is like... Caribbean off the eastern coast of what will be eventually the United States, Mm -hmm. you know, that side of the Atlantic, kind of. Yeah. I mean, well, that was a hotbed for piracy at the time. Like a lot of them were operating within and out of the Caribbean. Wow. So here's the thing. He let three of the ships go. He like stole the stuff and then let them go. He actually was, um, well, I'll get to it in a minute. He didn't kill anybody or. No, but he did burn down a turbot. And the reason why people think it was is that it was from Barbados, which is where he's from. Oh. And any ship that they ended up boarding that was from that island, he also treated the same way. Okay, and so he burned down the ships that might lead back to him, sort of? Yeah, well, we're not sure why. It might have been that he was as resentful of his old home, you know? Uh, or maybe he just didn't want his old neighbors to find out that he become a pirate because uh-huh. he kept it hus hus. Like when he bought the sip initially, like he didn't tell anyone he was doing this because it's illegal, but also because like <laughs> they're like, hey, what's with the new sip? He's like, oh, it's a business venture. Wink, wink, nah, nah, nuts, nuts. And then he just disappears in the night. Wow. Basically. Or not the night, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like suddenly without warning. Yeah. Wow. So he head to New York waters. He captured another sip and then he docked to resupply. The thing about pirates is that they eventually need to resupply. They've got to come into port somewhere. Yeah. So there are there are some like pirate havens, like areas that are kind of lawless or kind of turned a blind eye to piracy. But in others, you have to kind of be on the down low. You know, it's a little more risky. Yeah. So by August of the year 1717, the revenge was heading back to South Carolina, like the, that area in the, the off the coast, obviously. So he actually did quite a quite a business between the time he left and mm-hmm. in August of 1717. Yeah, so he captured two more ships on the way. A sloop that was coming from Barbados, which he burned down. Uh, it had sugar, rum, slaves, you know, like wow. stuff that yeah. was sold. Uh-huh. And it was captured. Imports. Yeah, uh, captained by Joseph Palmer. And then he, the second ship was a brigantine from New England, which is captained by Thomas Porter. Kind of confusing. I don't, don't worry about the names. They're not important. Yeah. I was just like giving details. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. So he got ended up getting the nickname as a gentleman pirate mm. because of his abnormal behavior as a pirate not necessarily as like a person but as a pirate yeah because a lot of the 
if you're not from Barbados, a lot of the sips he raided were like kind of just let go, you know, and he wasn't like overly cruel or violent. Right. You know, so he kind of got the reputation of being like, okay, that's his nickname, you know, the gentleman pirate. Yeah. So if you're coming in or traveling those waters, you would hope if you get hit by a pirate, it would be this guy. Yes. So all in all, as far as piracy goes, his early career, I guess you can say as a pirate, it was pretty successful, uh, but probably says more for like the crew's experience than his, but mm. d- just because again, he was very unexperienced. Yeah, but um, he, they managed to capture They, they managed to be successful, which I think does a lot for keeping a 70 person crew of pirates in line, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But there's still like Tinson and stuff, and we'll get to that later. But they made landfall at Nassau, which was a pirate haven at the time, uh, to kind of cast in some of the goods they had stolen. It was their very kind of fateful meeting. Steed Bonnet met Blackbeard. Now, I can just, I'm just picturing this. There's like a little pub or something <laughs> near this, the water's edge. And, you know, Bonnet walks in there and Blackbeard's having a pint. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, the difference between Edward Teats or Blackbeard, as he's commonly known, and Steed Bonnet is very clear just immediately. Teats is very inexperienced. He's very fearsome. He's very theatric. He like, like you mentioned this earlier, he put like um, little fuses in his beard to like mm. look more terrifying. And intimidate. Of, intimidate and, people. Yeah. yeah. Bonnet wasn't that. He wasn't fearsome and he very much wasn't like intimidating. He was kind of like a, a guy who had a very, I think, romantic view of piracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so his, Teats's crew feared and respected Blackbeard. You know, uh-huh. like they were like, this guy's crazy, but he's getting us lots of loot. So it's good. Bonnets didn't really respect him. You yeah. know, they were there. They thought he was too soft. He's too soft. He's giving us all this money. So I'm staying around. And, you know, but it's like he isn't um, he, he's not like a cool guy. You know, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's not like the best way to say that, I think. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I, I get it because he doesn't have the right demeanor. He doesn't have the pirate demeanor. Yeah. Keep in mind, just the. Put this on a timeline. Blackbeard Sip. Do you know what Blackbeard Sip was called? I don't. Uh, Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh. Yeah, it's a very famous sip. This was before he got that sip, though. So hmm. to put that in a context, this is kind of, I don't know if I'd say early, but this is earlier on in Blackbeard's career than kind of what he's Became more famous for. for. Yeah. Okay. Either way, despite all these differences, the two of them got talking and became it's hard to say if they were friends or partners but they ended up teaming up basically Mm. now it's it's very there's a commonly thought that blackbeard was using bonnet because he wanted bonnet sip and crew uh, for his own fleet and when i say fleet i mean like he had a couple sips Mm. you know it wasn't like a massive Mm -hmm. armada or anything (laughs) but you know fleet because that's more than one sip and we'd probably write but we don't have any like direct confirmation on that because these are like pirate you know what i mean like yeah, there's not a lot of uh documentation right i could see how it would be plausible though yeah with the two i mean just thinking stereotypically about pirates and what blackbeard his personality and demeanor and somebody like bonnet who just really didn't come into the game with the right goods kind of just because <laughs> yeah. of his you know he just seems like he'd be beaten up pretty easily on on the school ground yeah yeah uh, I also think I said mention a lot of this information, not all of it, but a lot of it comes from uh, court proceedings. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, that's that's good to know. Yeah. Also, one of the governors of like that 
one of the areas in the time I can't remember which one. He wrote a book about pirates that were active at the time, but because he's a lawman, he's a governor. Uh, some of the information's a little biased, mm-hmm. Hmm. which fair enough. But yeah. uh, a lot of pirates at this time, uh, he's kind of like the source of authority uh, historians go to to get information. That's just really interesting. Because he wrote like a book, like uh, all about pirates, or yeah. that's not the title. But and you know still not I mean. an insider's perspective no, because he yeah. wasn't a pirate. But yeah, oh, that's yeah. really interesting. So just a side note. Mm-hmm. Um, so they set off again. This time, Bonnet is on Blackbeard's ship, and um, Lieutenant Richards, which is one of uh, Blackbeard's men, he's put in temporary command of the Revenge. So this guy just got, like, uh, absorbed, kind of. Like, they kind of just teamed up, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were really effective. They captured, like, at least a dozen ships around the Bahamas, probably because of Blackbeard, but it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> More so than Bonnet. <laughs> So by the time they returned to Carolina, they had four ships with around 300 to 400 men. It's uh, a huge operation. Yeah. So some of the uh, ships they would keep if it was like fit the bill, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And they thought they can get away with it. <laughs> so despite all these successes, Bonnet was actually pretty depressed. He was pretty unhappy because he wasn't the awesome pirate captain that he yeah. kind of dreamed himself of being. Yeah. He was kind of... He was basically like a prisoner who'd given up his own ship willingly, you know, because mm-hmm. like Blackbeard still treat him as a guest and still uh, he mm-hmm. still had like a share of the, the loot and all that. But he knew that like, well, no I can't really making. Yeah, or... I can't really say no or else he yeah. just kick me out. I feel kind of sad for Bonnet. I mean, it's easy to because he kind of got screwed over. Yeah. But at the same time, he was trying to be a pirate. He was trying to be a pirate <laughs> and then burned ships down. So yeah. it's, you know, he wasn't a stand up guy. No, but he wasn't the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. So there, there's even some records from like other pirates that were part of this conglomerate, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what we call it. Um, that he had privately expressed reservations about becoming a pirate. Uh, to some of them. Oh, so maybe he wasn't, he wasn't like a hundred percent sure that was the right thing to do. Well, especially not now that it wasn't like Going, the romanticized right. view he had of it. Now, luckily for Steed, Blackbeard eventually gave him his sip back. What happened is that he, Blackbeard, that is, he had captured another sip. It has like a Spanish name. So I'm going to try to pronounce it well. Uh, La Concordi. I'm not sure. Regardless, he renamed it the Queen's and Revenge, mm. and he that became kind of his personal like flagship. He yeah. apparently really liked the boat, and he let Bonnet go because he didn't need a sip anymore. He was like, "I'm good," you know. Like at this point, you're, you're just extra miles you're to just, feed. Yeah, you're just kind of extra stuff I don't need, so I kind of trim the fat a little bit <laughs> and go. And then Bonnet was like, "Okay, cool." And it's, despite saying he had reservations earlier, he went back to being a pirate. Because I guess it was this. And like, at this point, what's he gonna do? Go get a job someplace yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. He's like a wanted person now, because they know who he is now. You know, so he resumed commander of Vince, though his crew still wasn't really happy with him because they were they kind of saw what how Blackbeard and how a pirate is supposed to act and kind of <laughs> like the success. You know, Blackbeard is more successful than Bonnet was. You know, and so they kind of like like hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah, now they had a comparison. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is kind of funny. In 1718, he tried to attack a well-armed merchant ship, Uh-oh. which didn't go so well. I guess he was feeling confident. Or uh, desperate. Or desperate. They didn't get any loot. He was also injured in the fight. Oh, um, boy. Yeah. It wasn't life-threatening, but it was still, like, not great, you know? So soon after that, they ran back into Blackbeard's fleet. Because, again, they're all kind of operating in the same general the area same waters, yeah. on the map. Uh, and Bonnet's crew basically threw themselves at Blackbeard being like, 
please take us back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, we can't stand this guy. Wow. <laughs> it's not worth it, please. <laughs> and so uh, they were sick and tired of Bonnet, basically. And Bonnet was, again, a guest slash prisoner of Blackbeard. Oh. There's some uh, debate, rather, that brief bit of independence happened or not, or if it's getting confused with something else, you know? Mm. Uh, but for the sake of, like, I guess completeness, I just put in there as, like, this might have happened. Right, uh, right. We're going to assume this happened. We're going to assume it happened. Even though it's not 100% sure. Sir. So, a few months later, the two of them, Bonnet and uh, uh, Teets, Blackbeard, they leave each other for the last time. And let me explain what happened. And can you tell me what year this was again? Uh, uh, this is 1718. So, Blackbeard, in probably what is the most brazen move a pirate has ever done, he blockades Charlestown, or Charleston as it's called nowadays. Oh, um, Charleston in mm-hmm. South Carolina? Yes. Uh, they needed medical supplies, what it was, and he didn't want to, like, just get arrested the moment he came ashore. So mm. he blockaded, like, like the port, you know, like the town, and he wouldn't let anyone through until um, until he got what he needed, medical mm-hmm. supplies. And it was, like, one of the most craziest movie-esque things ever. Wow. Uh, but anyways... After that, they went to Topsail Island, which was another kind of pirate hideout, with a name to tip you off. Uh, and the two of the ships, including the Queen of Anne's Revenge, ran aground and were uncoverable. Uh, like Unrecover- like they, they were got stuck there. They got stuck there, So yeah. the Revenge and the Queen Anne's Revenge? No, no. Two of the ships, including the Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh, two, two of uh, Blackbeard's ships. Yeah, I don't know what the other one was. I see. So I couldn't find it. Which is quite a setback for him. Yeah. Uh, so... It made Blackbeard consider getting a pardon from the Carolina governor, Charles Eden. Wow. And what pardons were. This is a policy that King George I put in place because he was like, there's a lot of pirates here. And it's really messing up trade and yeah. business and all that. And the pirates can't stop because they can't yeah, do something else. Yeah, because they so. just get um, yeah. executed. Yeah. So he made a one-time only deal, basically, that any pirate that... um you know, shows up before a deadline and registers can have their slate wiped clean and they can become pirate hunters, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, can I just, I'm a little bit confused and I'm not sure if you're still building up to this, but you said that Bonnet and Blackbeard parted ways. Yes. And then he went to the, uh, they did the blockade of Charleston. I'm sorry. They haven't parted yet. I'm building up to when they do. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. I got a little bit confused about the time, but I thought maybe you were still building up, but I didn't want to get too far away from it. No, no, I totally get, yeah, no, I'm sorry. There's a lot of lead up here. So while Blackbeard uh, requested this pardon, he was still with Bonnet. Yes. Okay. I mean- the policy is kind of crazy, but I suppose there's some logic to it because it's like trying to incentivize people to stopping pirates. Yeah, and, and I think you probably had to come up with some dramatic or drastic idea of how to stop that kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't the most effective, I think, because I think a lot of pirates thought it was some kind of trick. Hmm. They'd be like, hey, I got you, Clampton <laughs> Irons, you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Blackbeard Bonnet, they both went to get pardons because Bonnet's like, okay, sir. <laughs> um they did. They got pardons. Blackbeard returned to his ship, which was like kind of docked, you know. And but Bonnet, he hung back because he wanted to get permission from the authorities to become a privateer against Spain. Uh, England and Spain were at war at the time. Mm. Uh, and he thought that basically Bonnet was trying to have his cake and eat it too because he still wanted to be a pirate, mm. but he didn't want to, he wanted to do it get legally, in trouble. Quote unquote. Yeah. Mm. So he was like, I can just be a pirate against Spanish ships right. and England won't care. <laughs> you know, I'd be like sanctioned <laughs> because that's what privateers were. They were basically mm-hmm. sanctioned pirates. Anyways, so he was told, in order to do this, it was a bit of a process. They said, you need to go to um, 
Island of St. Thomas, you can get a privateer commission there. He's like, okay, sir. So he went there, gets a commission, comes back. By the time he comes back, Blackbeard's fleet is gone. The Revenge is left, but it's stripped of all the goods, uh-huh. abandoned, and ran aground. Mm. So Blackbeard screwed him over one last time. He was like, okay, this this dummy is gone now. I'm yeah. going to just kind of. So there's nothing to return to. Mm-hmm. So when he's under commission, does that mean that he would have had to use his own boat or they would have or ship? I think it's under the impression that if you're a pirate, you have a boat or a privateer, you're, you have okay. a boat already, okay. I guess. Yeah. I could be wrong about that, but. But it kind of sounds like that since he went back to find his, at least his boat. And yeah. And that wasn't. Yeah. So he was he not able to become a privateer after all? Not really, no. Uh, but one thing Blackbeard did do was. Um, he had also abandoned Bonnet's old crew as well. I uh, There's been some thoughts that it's possible this was all a gambit and he had purposely ran aground the Queen's Andrevins to have this whole pardon nonsense happen so that he can cut off dead weight mm-hmm. uh, from his fleet. That that's sounds a, pretty intelligent. Yeah, that's a thought. We don't know for sure, but it kind of worked out for him in that sense. But Bonnet's old crew, they were feeling pretty betrayed by Blackbeard as well. So they all <laughs> joined back up with Bonnet to try to get revenge on Blackbeard. <laughs> it's it's oh like an awesome movie moment. So they repaired the sip. It got seaworthy again, and they set out to get revenge. Oh, my gosh. Why, now, why didn't Bonnet, if his ship is going again, why didn't he just use his commission as a privateer against Spain? Uh, I think he was just too focused on Blackbeard, uh, or he's just, I don't know. We're not sure exactly not what sure. the motive yeah. was, but, he, but this is what's happening. This he wants happening. to go get revenge. Now, as awesome and amazing as it would have been for these two to face off in a climatic battle, <laughs> it never happened, which is kind of history in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, it's very anticlimactic. Isn't there a line in The Princess Bride There's not a lot of money in revenge. Uh, Yeah, well, there isn't. So Bonnet got word just through like the pirate grapevine, I guess, (laughs) that Blackbeard had moored up his sip in Ocracoke Inlet, which is an estuary, which is where a river meets an ocean. But by the time Bonnet and co got there, the area was abandoned. Um, And that was the last time that they were within like close proximity of each other. Bonnet Blackbeard. Wow. Yeah, like he left and then Bonnet showed up basically. Mm -hmm. So Bonnet decided... To go back to his roots as a privateer because revenge wasn't really working out for him. <laughs> uh, but they had no supplies and they had no money because Blackbeard took everything. Mm. Uh, and they couldn't just raid a sip because they technically weren't pirates anymore, so they can't just steal it. So, you know, because if they broke the deal, that's it. Cards off the table, you're a pirate again. And it was a one-time offer, so, yeah. you know. So they could really, like. Throw the book at him. Yeah, and it was. It's not just like you're a pirate. You're a pirate, and you lied to us at that point. So it's like (laughs) now we're going after you. Yeah. So they tried to. This is really funny to me. They tried to exploit a loophole where they forcefully traded, quote unquote, um, with two merchant ships. Oh. Which basically means that they they raided them, but you know they were like they gave them like like ropes or something to like see. Oh, we traded. It's a trade. Oh my gosh. At gunpoint, but it's a trade. Uh, it it, <laughs> it didn't really go over well because no one bought it. Uh, and they were back to being pirates in oh. the eyes of the law and themselves, honestly, because they're like, okay, well, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a real roller coaster of it like sounds like it. So this is another funny thing. Bonnet, he was trying to avoid the heat, you know, because at this point he's very wanted. And And so when you say heat, you're talking figuratively. I mean, like the authorities. Yeah, I don't mean like (laughs) it was hot out. I'm sure it was (laughs) because it's in the Caribbean. He 
it made up a fake name. <laughs> he called himself Captain Thomas, and he changed the name of the Revenge to the Royal James to try to hide the fact that he's Bonnet. Wow. Mm-hmm. No one was fooled by this, uh, but, you know, he gets points for trying. Seriously, that was pretty creative. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know quite what it means, but an interesting thing was as Captain Thomas, he was way more ruthless and successful oh. than he had been as uh, Bonnet. That's fascinating. And he got like the respect and fear of his crew. Wow. Um, and uh, to the point. So it's almost like he had this alter ego. Or that, he just learned from Blackbeard. Yeah. Uh, experience. One, yeah. In fact, he was so kind of like, um, well, I don't want to say cruel, but he's one of the few pirates that historians think actually made people walk the plank. Most didn't. Like that's something that's like a. Like Treasure Island, the book, uh-huh, uh-huh. kind of popularized that idea, but most pirates didn't actually do that. Oh, wow. But they think, some historians think that Bonnet was one of the few that actually did make people wow. walk the plank. And walk the plank, didn't they just like blindfold them and they literally had to walk off the I boat? don't know if they were blindfolded, but yeah, they're basically forced to walk off like the, the sip, basically. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So he, throughout this time, this period of his career, if you will, he had captured about a dozen sips. And keeping two of them for his own personal fleet. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he did. His success really went went up. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to come near to the end of the line for him. Uh, but first, I'm curious what you think happens. What do you think happens to him? Okay, let me think. So he's currently successful as Captain Thomas. Yeah, though everyone knows he's Bonnet. Although everybody knows who he really is. He's yeah. got a successful, I mean, he's got a crew that respects him. He could, A, retire, or he could go looking for Blackbeard again, I guess. I'm going to guess, well, he doesn't do anything very rational, so <laughs> I want to say he retires, but Sir, I don't... That's a good observation. <laughs> I kind of don't think he's going to do that. I think maybe he decides he's going to try to go af- after um, Blackbeard again and utterly fails and dies in the attempt, even though he doesn't ever find Blackbeard. That's my guess. Okay. That's your guess? Yeah. All right. So it's been a few months uh, now out at sea being a pirate, basically. Uh, he needs to park somewhere, park, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he needs to go somewhere to repair uh, his sips because they've been taking on some damage, they've been getting scuffles and all mm-hmm. that. And he decides to uh, hang out in the estuary of Cape Fear River, which is in North Carolina, basically okay. like go inland a bit where there's not a lot of people around and kind of just stay there for a while. Now, because the hurricane season was coming up and oh. he's probably knew that, it's a good chance that he was hoping to hunker down for a while. Okay. This was kind of just like a hideout for, I don't know, like a couple months or whatever. However, it's not what it wasn't to be. At the time, various governors of like the American colonies and in the Caribbean and stuff, they're really sick and tired of pirates. And they were very much aware of who Bonnet was. And he was, like, on, like, the list of, like, these are dangerous pirates. They need to be taken care of. FBI's most wanted list. Yeah, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the important thing to take from this, because a lot of things are happening throughout this this area at this time, but the relevant thing for our story is that the governor of South Carolina, Robert Johnson, had ordered Captain William Rett to take two pirate hunting ships and go hunt some pirates. Mm. Basically, just go out Mm. there and, and... if you come across them, take them down, basically. And now we're not sure if Rhett stumbled on Bonnet by chance or if he had a lead or what. Regardless, what we do know is Rhett's two sips reached Bonnet's location on the night of September 26, 1718. So keep in mind, Bonnet is in like 
an estuary, you know, like a river that opens up to the ocean. It's kind of like a bay. Kind of, but it's like a river. Mm-hmm. Bonnet is trapped because yeah, he can't go can't inland. And the other way, there's these two pirate hunting ships, and they know that both parties know the other one is there. Yeah, gosh. So the next morning, because it's night, you can't fight in the dark, <laughs> you know, because that's not practical. Uh, the next morning, they begin to fight. The river is pretty narrow. All three ships end up getting grounded up in the shallow water on like separate sides wow. of the river. The Royal James or Ravens, I suppose, and Rhett's two ships. They end up basically like getting like all three of them end up getting stuck on the, the ground. And so a gunfight breaks out between like the pirates and the um, pirate hunters. Yeah, the pirate hunters. Yeah. Which is very much like a movie. Again, it does. I it really like. sounds like, I mean, you can see the suspense, you know, they show up there at night and mm-hmm. they just kind of wait it out and there's so much suspense building. Yeah. Yeah. This suit out lasted hours. I'm not sure how long, but it was a long time. And allegedly, I'm not sure if this part is true or not, but allegedly nearly in the fight, which he was losing, Bonnet tried to blow up his own ship rather than be captured, <sighs> but his men stopped him from doing so. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's crazy if it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also funny that his man's like, no, I'm not dying for you. <laughs> I'd rather be captured. They're also pirates, so they might face death anyway. Uh, yeah, right? it's so. very likely. So I guess I don't know what's preferable, death I by hanging or death I by getting exploded. I'm thinking hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If it's done right, yeah. So at the end of the fight, Steed Bonnet and 33 of his men survived and were taken into custody. Mm. And by the way... Fun fact, while Bonnet was imprisoned, Blackbeard ended up getting killed in a skirmish with some separate pirate hunters. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. Before this, before you started telling me about this, I didn't realize there were actually pirate hunters. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a, um, it was a whole, like, ecosystem of businesses, yeah. you know, because he had pirates, he had pirate hunters. So, Bonnet and his crew, his remaining crew, I should say, they were taken to Charlestown. He actually managed to escape briefly on October 24th but was quickly caught again before it can get back out to sea. So basically he escaped like his, um, like the prison, but mm. he couldn't, he couldn't like get out to sea before he was caught again. Wow. Yeah. So, but the, <laughs> the nerve of this guy, yeah. this is really funny to me. So well, survival at that point, he's thinking, yeah, he's just thinking, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, it's not so much like, I think him being brave or yeah, I know, crazy. but still we, we, I don't, we also don't really know how he, escape briefly either it was uh-huh. just like one oh, yeah. of those things that is i think lost to history yeah more roller coaster drama sure yeah probably it's probably something really complicated and <laughs> annoying of his 33 crew members 29 were found guilty being pirates which they were and were hanged in november wow um, bonnet's trial took place a couple days after they were hanged just because of the way like the i guess a uh, court proceedings went or whatever and as you can expect, he was found guilty and was scheduled to Hain on December 10th. However, he really tried to weasel his way out of it. He really did. He was begging. He was making lots of promises to the governor. He's like writing him letters and stuff. Um, he blamed Blackbeard. He's like, it was his fault. You know, all, all this, like every excuse basically yeah. you can come up with. And the public actually kind of liked him at this point. I don't know why. Maybe it was, or at least they had sympathy for him. Oh, um, interesting. I don't know if it was because of his background as like like a, a well-to-do person uh-huh. or if it was just like, I don't know, he was... Something about something him about to, him. to yeah, the, the general the, public. To the masses, yeah. Even uh, Rhett, who's the guy who captured him, yeah. he offered to take him to England for a new trial. Basically oh, my gosh. Like, uh, you know. That's so interesting. It and is. And this is after 29 of his crew hanged for 
being on a boat that he was in charge of. Yeah. Weird. So unfortunately for Scene Bonnet, this wasn't enough to convince Governor Johnson, like the one person he needed to convince. Uh And so he'd broken his word already because of the whole, like, I promise not to be a pirate. And then goes and becomes a pirate again. And I guess the thought was, who's to say he won't just go back to doing the same stuff that he's always been doing since like the beginning of the story, basically. Really the beginning of the story uh, 1717, I think you said he became a pirate, right? Like in early spring or something. Oh, yeah, I think so. Like that. And this is just like he wasn't a, a pirate for Really long. just like a year and a half later. So <laughs> a, a very tumultuous yeah. year and a half for I, him. I get the impression that a lot of pirates didn't have the long career. careers. Yeah. <laughs> just going to crash and burn but, like the whole. Wow. Yeah. So he was uh, kind of anticlimactic, but uh, he was hanged on schedule. December 10th. Yeah. And today. There's a historical marker there to mark the spot. And that's like all that is there to show you that, oh, there wow. was actually like a, a guy. Wow. Steve was hanged here. And yeah, I know it kind of just ends. And that's Gosh, pretty- but that's really fascinating to go from living a secure life, probably almost luxurious life with in the money that he had, leaving that. And then within two years, yeah, being hanged. Yeah, right. This is such a fascinating story and it does kind of just end but it's life like people end the stories in unceremoniously yeah. so yeah. it's like it's not like and then he busted free and yeah. then like, <laughs> like you know Hollywood. broke out all heroic mm. music playing there was a, a secret backup horse rating and he got no mm. he got uh, that was it <laughs> yeah. um i'm curious a couple questions and sure, they're out there course. so you may not know the answers no that's but, totally fine um of the 33 surviving Men on the ship, only 29 hanged. So I'm wondering, um, do you know anything about the other ones? Were they cooks? Did I, they, I mean, <laughs> how they did just, they get off? Um, I don't I don't know too much about them. Yeah. Um, I didn't think to really dig yeah, too much into that. Yeah, and I didn't suspect that. that you would. So I was just curious I imagine about that. for whatever reason, they were not found guilty of piracy. Maybe they were just miscellaneous crew members. Or and maybe they were prisoners or captives. It. It's possible, yeah. Or just there wasn't enough, like, Evidence, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I went to the ropes. Yeah, <laughs> no. No, <laughs> Can you imagine hanging twenty nine people though? Holy cow, that would. I know, right? On like a day. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how common hangings were then. I know it was like a thing, but I don't know like how many averagely that seems they like t- a huge <laughs> number of people to hang. Mm-hmm. And then my second thought is just not really a question necessarily, but I'm just wondering about the family that he left behind. Yeah. You know, I kind of wonder what became of them. They still had the money, apparently the land and all mm-hmm. that. I, th- I don't know. I think, I, I think his wife might've remarried, mm. but besides that, I'm not quite sure what happened. It's interesting. Yeah. There's descendants walking around today. It, of Steve it, there's Bonnet. very possible. Steve Bonnet. The, yeah, I know. I keep wanting to say Steve. <laughs> yeah. No, cause Steed is not a name you hear common, no. yeah. and it's not like uh, like last time you mentioned like the horse. Yeah. I, at the time of day was what you're talking about. It's not spelled like the horse. It's spelled S T E D E. Yeah, that's not S T E E D. Yeah, so it's very much like Steve. <laughs> yeah, but just with a D instead of a V. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's I don't know. Maybe that was more common then. But yeah, really curious. Now. Oh, that was a really great story though. Really great story about. Uh, how it doesn't pay to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> or or perhaps perhaps if there is a message to be gleaned from this, it's don't have an overly romantic view of something yeah. uh, when the reality isn't like yeah. that, you know? Do your homework first, kids, I guess. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do your homework first. I think it can be pretty easy to be uh, 
pulled in or enticed by a romantic view of a different lifestyle or a different oh, place or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if work. there is um, a hint of danger and excitement. A that hint, too. More than a hint. Yeah. Like a good danger, portion excitement, of riches. That. Yeah. Uh, no, I can totally see how at that time period, pirates were like the, this is a great analogy, but they're like the superstars of the time, you know, where they're like, everyone knew about them because they were, if you pardon the pun, making waves, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And kind of like, um, the, like people in the wild west, like wild mm-hmm. bill. Cody yeah. yeah and, like, uh, cowboys and gunslingers yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. There's this, like, uh, who are some of the bad guys of the Wild West? Oh, uh, Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Is that yeah. A, the pirates kind of reminded me of, you know, a century later, probably. Yeah. Some of the those crazy characters in the Wild West. People knew their name. Like, they created a name for themselves, but not for a good reason. Sure, yeah. I, I just thought this story was really interesting and fascinating because, one, I don't think a lot of people know about him. Two, this story has everything. It's got suit outs. It's got, like... Uh, pirates it's got like cops and robbers revenge yeah (laughs) attempted revenge Uh it doesn't really go anywhere but you know is this a kissing book (laughs) yeah Yeah, no that was really great and well told i liked it i enjoyed that uh a lot that story i'm glad you enjoyed it i hope our audience enjoyed it as well yeah Um, (laughs) me too yeah so can you uh, give us a hint about what's coming up next week so next week is um something that i've been wanting to cover for a while it's very amusing to me uh (laughs) And it's a little more lighthearted, well, somewhat more lighthearted than what we usually talk about. A tricky thing with um, historical stuff is that it's never lighthearted, not really. <laughs> so you have to kind of be kind of picky if you want to, you know. This is uh, failed end of the world predictions. Oh, interesting. Failed end of the world predictions. Because yeah, I don't know if you noticed, the world hasn't ended yet. Yeah, we're still so. here somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. That it's, sounds really a, great. And I love... We'll get into it yeah. next week, but I love reading about like it because it's so funny to me. Just it's how outlandish some of them are. Yeah, to why, like how people can be so <laughs> bold as to proclaim the end of the world and mm-hmm. then it doesn't happen. And yeah, that sound that sounds like it's gonna be a fun conversation, Jacob. Totally, I'm looking totally. forward to it. Awesome. So, audience, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Confucius once said, "Study the past." If you would define the future, you've been listening to the History Slices podcast with Jacob and Rachel. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show. We hope we made you think, and we hope you were entertained. We know we had fun, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at History Slices and on Instagram at History Slices Podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And tell a friend about the show. That'll help us out, too. One more quote before we go from Michael Crichton. If you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it's part of a tree. Till next time, this is History Slices, signing off.